Welcome to another Sunday session, the NRL.com podcast, where we take you back through all eight games from the round. Round four um, is almost over. We do have a Monday game still to come. We'll throw forward to that. We are lucky enough to have with us Jake Clifford, the playmaker from the North Queensland Cowboys. I'm Chris Kennedy. With me also, as every week, is Kenny Scott. Boys, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great to be back. It is great to be back. Um, Jake, I guess for yourself, it's um, four rounds in. Uh, Two wins, two losses, one and one since the uh, the resumption. Some really nice signs, I think, coming out of the Cowboys. Looks like Val Holmes has made a uh, a big difference. A little bit of a step back on uh, this weekend, but um, you must be reasonably happy that the team's progressing in a um, a good direction. Yeah, you can say that. Um, all the boys come back in really good shape after that um, six weeks break we had. Um, well, there was no footy, and we really just got straight into. Um, into our skills and, and working in combinations. Um, last week was a, a really good win, but unfortunately last night we just um, had too many handling errors and it made it really hard on ourselves to get the result. It was probably the errors that came after points that sort of stopped you getting that roll on momentum, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. You know, we, we speak about um, completing our sets after we score points and, you know, we, we didn't do that last night and it, and, and it really um, come down to hurt us. It wasn't that the um, Sharks stripped us with really good shape. It was a lot of last play um, kicking and um, them regathering, um, you know, balls on the ground. So it's an, it's an easy fix. And um, now our main focus is on next Friday. Obviously, a few sort of changes to the team. You've had, um, you know, Robson come in and sharing the hooking role with, with Jake and, and Val Holmes, obviously coming back, I touched on. And then, um, you know, Scott Drinkwater sort of came to the club last year as a fullback, now playing along side yourself in the halves with, with Morgo out. Is that sort of, I guess, the new shape spine been, been something that's taken some adapting to? Yeah, I, I guess you can um, say that. Yeah, Robbo's been a really good addition to the to the team and he's um, played a very uh, very good footy the first four games of the season. And um, yeah, got to play last year with Drinky as, as me fullback and now he's in at me 5'8". And um, Val slipped in very easily as well coming back from the NFL. He, He's, he's hit the ground running as soon as he got here. And, um, you know, he, he hasn't lost much of um, what he left with. And um, hopefully we can see the best of him very soon. Kenny, you got anything for... Uh, you're um, yeah. <laughs> um, so we're, we're two weeks in from, from the resume season. You mentioned you had that six-week break. So obviously that would have been really disruptive to the preseason um, and to, well, to the actual season itself. Do you feel like that you've... You guys are now. You two were two games in. Are you, are you guys back to normal? Back to where you were um, right prior to round one, or do you think you've still got a bit, a bit of um, you know, game fitness to acquire, and uh, you know, a bit of your um, your tactics still to, to, to gel properly? Um, fitness was, I feel pretty good. I feel like um, you know, coming into a preseason game before we first started, I felt like I'd blew out a lot more than what I did coming back from COVID. So um, game fitness-wise, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I'm not blowing out um, what I thought I could have been the, at, at the start. But, um, yeah, fitness-wise, I feel good. Combinations, yeah, there's always going to be um, things we can improve on. And as a team in general, there's um, always things we can we can work on. And I think holding the ball is going to be one of them this weekend. And, um, I know for a fact if we can hold the ball, um, we're going to do some damage in this competition. And is, it just, is it as simple as that? When, you, when you, you keep mentioning that, holding the ball, is it as simple as, um, is it like, 
how do you, how do you work on that? Like, is it just it was with where conditions not good for you last like this week? Um, I know you guys. Everyone talks about the the magic spray they get some um, that, that players put on uh, at every single stoppage. Like, how do you work on something as um, you know conceptual as holding the ball? Um, it's it's more. I feel like um, when play started to get quick, um, you know, we, we could have got a bit frantic and we threw passes that weren't really on, and um, that's where errors creep in and. Um, after we did make those errors, the main thing is to get back into the rhythm of the game and, um, you know, get to your kicks and, and whatnot. And I feel that um, we may have pushed a few passes and, um, you know, that just creates pressure on yourself. And I think that's where that drop ball comes from. It's not just the fact of just catching it. It's more, um, you know, under pressure and, and just not delivering the, um, I guess, the right pass or um, just taking your medicine when you needed to. How have you found adapting to the new rules overall? Everyone sort of talked about there's a lot more ball in play. Things seem to be a bit faster. The play, the balls have sped up a bit. Um, you guys obviously got a big roll on against the Titans a week ago. Then the Sharks game was a bit more back and forth and there weren't those huge momentum swings. Do you feel like teams the second week in have adapted a bit better? Yeah, I think they, they would have. Um, you know, as you said, we had a really nice roll on with the Titans. We had a fair bit of chunk of the ball and, you know, I think that's why we ended up getting away with um, a good win, as we, as as you said, you know, once you have the that ball for that long and how quick it is, um, you know, having to defend back to back sets, it, it it is tough and it does take gas out. And I think um, just completing your sets and um, getting to the kick is really big, really big thing um, with this with this new style of game, and you know, just getting through your sets because um, as it showed on. The, last night um, when you don't complete your sets and you're making, um, you know, extra tackles, it does take the gas out of you and, um, you know, it does put a lot of pressure on you. What about just the travel side of things? We've seen teams having to do the, the return leg in, in one day. You guys have had two home games, I think, since the resumption. And were you on the, the plane down in, in round two? I know you weren't in the 17. Were you part yeah. of the travelling yeah. group? So you yeah, I was down in the travelling group. So you've had some experience with that um, that sort of big long day. So you know what to expect against the Warriors uh, this Friday. Yeah, I um, yeah, I was 18th man for that game, and you know um, it is a very big day of travel, and it's going to be a longer day traveling um, to Gosford. So we'll get into Sydney or wherever, and then we'll have to do a two-hour bus trip to Central Coast. So um, it's going to be a big day of travel, but it's something we're going to have to adapt to, and um, you know it's going to show good attitude on um, how we play on Friday night. Just the um, the Bulldogs and Dragons we'll throw to before we let you go quickly. You guys had the uh, the Bulldogs in round two. You would add, um, as you just said, front row seats to that one. Both teams uh, winless and under a lot of pressure. Um, how do you sort of foresee this one going? Obviously, teams under pressure, the um, the desperation goes up. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I think um, I think the Dragons are going to get get the win um, this weekend. Um, They've got a, a debutant half coming in. Um, I think they got Corey Norman at fullback. Maybe I've, I've yep. seen. Um, you know, so that they're definitely going to try um, change up their style of attack. And um, yeah, it's going to be a close game. Um, both teams can be very clinical um, when they're on. So um, it'll, it'll be a good game to watch. Kenny, anything for Jakey before we uh, set him on his way? No, I mean, like uh, I think what, what you mentioned before, Jake. This is both teams can be quite clinical. Um, I think there, for this year, we've also seen both teams have sort of um, been like almost like they've got the yips 
Um, like the whole team sort of seems a bit down on form. Have you ever uh, have you ever been in what you might classify as a slump? And how how's a player or how's a team do you deal with that sort of stuff? Me personally, um, yeah, I feel a slump of form. Um, last year was probably that for me. Um, I, I didn't feel like I was playing um, like the best of footy I knew I could play. I was um, first back went back into Q Cup and I still wasn't playing the footy I liked and um, it does um, knock you around a bit mentally, you know, um, especially when you are trying really hard and um, wanting to, you're putting in extras and wanting to um, make changes even on um, the weekend, it still doesn't come off. Um, but I think you just got to really be persistent at it um, and it does change because um, midway during the year, I'm seeing a few people and, um, you know, they really helped me out and I ended up um, playing some, better footy at the back end of the year, which I was happy with. And, um, yeah, so that, that slump thing um, doesn't last forever, but um, it's something, yeah, you definitely got to get through. Very good. Nice one. Well, um, you got any early mail for us for next weekend? Big Jace or Cohen Hess potentially back in the side, or we'll have to wait for Tuesday to find out? Oh, I hope, I hope they're both um, back. Um, yeah, I think Hess, it was just a light ankle sprain, but I'm not too sure on the details with um, Hulky just yet, but, um, if we both get them back, it's going to be a big bonus for us. Awesome one, mate. Well, uh, yeah, massively appreciate you jumping in on the uh, the Sunday session podcast and all the best for the Warriors game. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks fellas. Okay, so yeah. now, that, now that Cliff's gone, um, uh, can, we, can, we, can we talk for real? No, seriously. I, I, do, I do want to keep talking about this, the, the Dragons-Bulldogs game. Yep. I reckon it is going to be... Like it's the game of the round. Throw out, throw out Parramatta Manly and and you know the battle of the good teams. There's nothing better um, than seeing two teams like they're they're both desperate. Um, I'd say the Dragons are desperate in a different kind of way to the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs are desperate to work out what 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 they need to do to win, whereas the Dragons are desperate to work out like are they going to fire their coach or not, and are they going to let go of like their, their million dollar players. This is um, I can't wait to see how they play. Because it could surprisingly be like an exceptionally high quality game. It's probably going to be a bit of a mistake-a-thon. Um, you never know, like one side could turn it on. But the result is going to be um, interesting depending on, on, on the team that wins. I kind of, not because I don't like the Dragons at all, but I just think it'll be more fun to see Dragons fans, because they're, they're desperate to, like, you know, hashtag fail Mary and all that sort of stuff. They're desperate for something to happen. And this game will sort of be the, you know, the straw that breaks the camel's back for them to, I guess, storm the, <laughs> storm the fortress at, um, at Cogra and, and dethrone, um, you know, uh, dethrone <laughs> poor old Paul McGregor. So um, for sheer entertainment value, I really hope the Bulldogs win. Mm. It's sort of been billed as the battle of the underfire coaches and loser gets the sack. I, I can't imagine it's that dramatic. Like Dean Pay, I know they haven't been great this season and that was disappointing against Manly, but I think he's done from, you know, the problems that he walked into with the salary cap and I think he's done a reasonable job. They've sort of shown some guts and grit, I know, late in the season, but towards the end of the last two seasons, you know, Kieran Foran's been sidelined for most of his time there. Um, Mary has still got a long time left on his contract. I know um, he's had a lot longer. It's his roster and um, they've had a few other 
challenges to deal with, but he's probably the one more under pressure. But um, even like you say, there's some other little subplots, you know, Kieran Foran's first game of the season, you know, can he turn the side around? Adam Clune debuting at halfback for the Dragons. They've run quite a few changes from the side that lost last week. Um, you know, potentially it could be a, um, a bit of an error riddled game, but there's also the potential that it could be very, um, very tense, very gritty and, and a real enthralling arm wrestle. I've tipped the Bulldogs, but with no real confidence, I don't think. And yeah, like yourself, I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, it, it's going to be great. And whatever happens at the end, um, I think Dean Pays is nowhere near under the same amount of pressure as, as Paul McGregor is. Uh, Paul McGregor is one loss away from, uh, from you know, front page of the paper the next day, this guy's going to get fired sort of stuff. Whereas everyone's got to, like, like you said, this, the, for the reasons you gave before, Dean Pays in a much less precarious position. He's still under a lot of pressure, but nowhere near the pressure of McGregor. And that is why a Dragon's loss will be hilarious. Well, we'll see how it pans out at uh, 4.05 p.m. on uh, Monday afternoon. Now we've got to talk about your Tigers. Um, so, I don't know. Do you want to kick us off? I was, I was, so, personally, I was happy for the Titans. No disrespect to the West Tigers. Um, I like them as a team. My dad's a, a West fan. Um, I generally like to see them do well. But um, for the Titans, you know, winless over the last 12 months, it was a real morale booster. You know, new coach, a few team changes. Um, they'll, uh, they'll enjoy that win but yourself um as a tigers fan how did this one pan out uh it's it, it was hard to cop i like i mean the positive to take out of it, it it is really good to see the titans win like no team deserves to lose to have have a losing streak um run forever that's for sure and they can't run forever the thing is all tigers fans will feel this it, it, i saw it coming everybody saw it coming like we were talking off air before um your uh your old man um talking like in his, in his west days west uh will beat the team they're not supposed to beat um and then lose to the people they are supposed to um they are supposed to beat which is actually what happened here um last week during the sharks game when i thought they were going to lose which was most of the game um i was pretty okay with it like yeah okay that's fine it's annoying but yeah you can't win them all this game, uh, with 14 minutes to go, I knew ex- I knew the outcome. And 22 points to 18, you could feel the momentum swing. You could feel everything. It was just just on the horizon, the impending loss. I wrote it down. 14 minutes to go, we are going to lose this match. Um, even when it was 22 all, and then 20, like when Benji kicked that field goal, uh, which was a great shot, by the way. Hats off to him. I still yeah. knew that we were going to lose somehow because you could just you could just feel it. But for some reason, the Tigers just can't beat the Titans. And it was when uh, when Newcastle were going through some really tough times when they won all those consecutive wooden spoons, they would always beat the ti- the Tigers as well. The Tigers they always lose to the the, the the guys coming last. The best team to play when you are fighting for your season is the Tigers, unfortunately. Um, I don't think it's a it doesn't write off it doesn't change anything for the team. There are still some some highlights like Harry Grant out of dummy half again was was pretty pretty good. Mm. Uh, Billy Walters was also good. I also thought Josh Alloy was was really great. I'm digging that new hairstyle of his as well. He looks mm, like an yeah, the shaggy look. Really, yeah, really the ringlets. Um, and Nofaluma, he was really, really, really good as well. Um, Adam Dewey, I liked. Yeah, Dewey was good. He had a re- that, that kick for Nofaluma's second try was, mm. was. I don't know where he got that from. Um, yeah. I really, I thought Luke Brooks was his kicking game was pretty off. Like he didn't do much other than. Some pretty, um, you know, uninspired bombs, and then a couple of chips he probably shouldn't have done. Maybe just because, like, when the, when we played the Sharks, when the Tigers played the Sharks last week, Brooks's running game was really, really good, and maybe the Titans just knew that and they were able to shut him down a lot more, made him a bit more, uh, a lot more ineffective. Um, the, the Tigers weren't terrible. The Titans were. It all hinged on that Ash Taylor forty twenty. As soon as he kicked that, the attitude of the Titans changed completely, and they maintained that throughout the game. So good for them as well. 
Because when it was a 12 nil, when the Tigers were up 12 nil, everybody just looks sad on the Titans team. Like Ash Taylor, he always looks sad anyway, and Dale Copley, the two saddest looking players in the game. But they, they look sadder than usual, but everybody else looked kind of sad. But then Ash Taylor kicks his 40-20 and it just sort of, it just, it, it, it woke them up. And it lifted um, good them, on them yeah, because, high-five yeah, and yahooing. Got back to 12, 12 all, and then Tigers got out to an, got the lead back really quickly in the second half. And good on them for, again, maintaining that, that energy and winning, you know, getting back to the lead and then eventually winning the game. So well done to the Titans. Um, sucked into the Tigers. <laughs> uh, you know, you just got to cop those ones, don't you? You do. It's um. It's obviously the first win of uh, Justin Holbrook's NRL coaching career. Pretty ruthless team changes on Tuesday, and then further reshuffles on game day. Um, Jared Wallace, one of the big casualties. Uh, Jay Whitbread discarded. Um, a few changes in the back line. I thought young Tonomapia, uh, his first game back from a Mormon mission, was really impressive. Um, Anthony Don back from injury was really good on the wing. Um, Ash Taylor, who you know, I think a lot of NRL fans probably feel some sympathy for. He's, I think he's he's copped a lot and certainly more than his fair share over the last couple of years. A wonderfully talented player and would love to see him get back to his best. So it'd be a morale booster for him. Um, you know, Nathan Peets and Mitch Rain both dumped in favour of uh, young Aaron Clark, who we don't know a, a heap about, but I thought he was really solid out of um, dummy half. Um, Jai Arrow, predictably good. Mo Fodawaker's on a you know huge upward trajectory. Um, Bryce Cartwright back in the team drew a lot of headlines over the break for his um, <laughs> vaccine stance, but I thought he was actually pretty good. He put a few hits on in defence. We sort of he's copped a lot for his defence um, over his career, but I thought he was pretty good as well. So um, yeah, some some good signs for the Gold Coast. Yeah, almost enough one. So let's hope they continue. Absolutely. The uh, previous game um, of my tips were pretty poor this week, but the only game that I got wrong that I really uh, was surprised about that I did not ever contemplate tipping the team that eventually won, um, Knights over the Raiders. I thought the Raiders against the Storm last week, I thought these guys are the premiership front runners. They're going to hardly lose a game all season. They just look powerful across the board and polished. Well, Knights, that um, that under pressure 90 minutes, uh, a lot of guts and resolve last week after losing two of their best players in the first 10 minutes against Penrith. They came out with Ponga back, Pierce back after missing 79 minutes last week and um, McCulloch in his first game for the club made almost 60 tackles and Ponga shredded them. Bradman Best, the teenage centre, just explosive and um, other than a little brief second half mini slump where the Raiders threatened to come back, the Knights were just almost unstoppable the whole game. Yeah, I'm with you. I did not see this this coming at all. Like, I, I expected Canberra to win easily, um, purely because they were brilliant last week, like you said. And that 90 minutes from Newcastle the week before, I thought would just drain them. Um, the 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 Knights were just on. Like, like Ponga was excellent. Pierce was really good. He controlled the game so well. And Bradman Best, as you said, I know I always like to like chuck in something about haircuts. He's probably got the worst haircut in the entire league. Um, but you know, what a name and what a game, hey. Um, I really thought the the Raiders were probably were, were, were quite rattled, and I think they did some things that were sort of un-Raiders like, or little things that you might do when you think that you should be winning the game. Like um, Croker's the, the try that Croker basically somehow didn't score when it was like all he had to do was was pass, and mm. it was a guaranteed try. Instead, he thought he'd go for the run himself, and then maybe get the try and bottled it completely. I thought that play probably. Um, that just sort of gives you a, a nice little illustration of, of what the Raiders did that game. They just weren't, weren't doing the stuff that, they were, that they're known to do. Um, 
But, uh, you know, I mean, Newcastle, where have they come from? They're, they're this gritty and slick team all at the same time. It's a really hard combination to, to, um, to, to pull off, but they're doing it really well and good on them because it's about time Newcastle had some, some things to cheer about. And they've got a really likeable team as well. There's not many players on that team you can get angry about. So mm. I'm happy for them. Yeah, it's a pretty similar roster to how they finished last year. But Adam O'Brien, the former Roosters and Storm assistant, um, I'm not sure what he's done in the off season, but their, um, you know, their resilience in defence, their their attitude, it just looks a million percent on, on where it was at the end of last year. And um, yeah, they're all on the same page, and uh, it's onwards and upwards for them. It's still got players to come back as well, Fitzgibbon and, and Barnett. So. Um, what are they second now um, ahead of the, the Panthers again on four and against. So only one point behind the Eels. So um, at the pointy end of the ladder after four rounds. So impressive signs for Newcastle. Um, we've talked about Cowboys and Sharks. So we'll skip ahead to the Eels and the Sea Eagles. Um, still probably my match of the round and one of the best, you know, given how many blowouts there've been um, bit of, controversy around the finish, but overall I thought just about the, um, the the best game we've seen since the resumption. Yeah, I, I would agree. And these were two teams that are, um, I guess they're both on, they're both at their peak of their powers right now. I, I, I've done terrible with tips this week. I tipped, the, I tipped Manly to win. I thought they'd win, um, I wouldn't say easily, but I just, I just thought that, I just think they're better than Parramatta, at least I did before that game. Um, the way that they've played um, in that first game back, I just thought you know, the, the Tavoyevich combo with DCE is just too good to, it's just going to overcome the Parramatta um, easily. But uh, I get once, you know, true to form shows what I know, right? Um, uh, Parramatta were, were really, really good. And it, geez, it pains me to say this, but Mitchell Moses is, is pretty, pretty good, isn't he? Mm. Um, I, he? He is. I mentioned how there's no one in New, like Newcastle have a really likeable team. Mitchell Moses is just a player that maybe, maybe it's just the ex, you know, the ex tigerness about him, but geez, he, I, I just get annoyed by him. Um, through no reason, like he's he's a great person and a great player, but I'm just jealous. I think. Um, well, I, Mitch, uh, yeah. if you're listening, I like you, mate. So don't let that steer you <laughs> off coming on the show somewhere down the track. Oh dear, have I just got us in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I fully expected Manly to win this one too. I, I tip Para because I have to tip Para. But um, yeah, having torched Brisbane a week before, it would be a very Para thing to do to come down to earth and play terribly against a, a good team the week after. But um, despite the um, you know the con- controversial finish, they were probably the better team over the 80 minutes. They wouldn't be happy with how they faded in the um, the second half, but it was impressive. I thought uh, DC and uh, Tom Travoyevich both probably below their best in this game. I think they would mm. um, both have a, a fair few moments they would like back from this one. Didn't really stand themselves on it. Um, Turbo had a big say in that comeback towards the end, but the first 60-odd minutes, so I thought he was below his best. Um, Eels, yeah, those halves and um, the, the ageless Michael Jennings just um, blew me away and pretty much every, every forward out there. Um, really impressive. So unbeaten after four rounds for the first time in... I don't even know how long. It's been very it's, long time. Uh, since 1989. It is 80. I thought I was, was going to say 89. I thought I read 89. So yeah, it's been, I think 93 was the last time they won their first three. So we're back to the 80s for the last time they started 4-0. and So let's see what they do in the, uh, Paramount, the weeks to Paramount come. fans going back to the 80s. That's something. <laughs> yeah, that's strange, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I'll just check. Who have they got uh, next week? I should know this off the top of my head. Eels have got the Panthers. That's a top of the table clash because I think they're on th- their third at the moment. So, and they'll have Panthers a clear, clear will be back for that one as well. So, battle of the potential New South Wales halfbacks. We're talking Origin already. Of course we are. 
Um, yeah, that'll be a bell ringer. So we'll, we'll move ahead to the uh, the Storm and the Rabbitohs. Um, I thought this was really close. The, the Probably the 22-8 scoreline doesn't quite um, sort of convey how competitive Souths were for the first 65 or so minutes. Um, I really liked um, the improvement in Latrell Mitchell's game. He was much more involved. Um, still a couple of wonky moments, but um, overall an absolutely sublime cutout ball for an early try. Um, a few tackle mm. busts, a few more carries, getting a bit more involved, which was good to see. But, um, yeah, Storm, do what they uh, do best. Don't you think this game was... It was both really... It was a high-quality high and really poor quality all at the same time. Cause there a lot was, of errors. Extended periods of just a, like a drop-a-thon. Both, mm. both sides just, just dropping it cold. Really weird stuff like that. Um, but you're right. I thought the troll Mitchell was like... He had a, had a really, really good game. Um, Josh had a car. What happened to him? Like, have we got reports on what that injury was? Because he copped an injury early on and he played on to halftime. I thought they were going to sub him out at halftime. It looked mm. like he was in that much pain. Yeah, it um, was ribs, which is on. basically, assuming it's not broken, which we don't think it is, then it's basically a pain management thing. So I think he struggled through to halftime, then got a needle and was sort of okay in the second half. And I think Craig Bellamy said um, through the weekend that he's not expecting uh, Adokar to miss any time. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. But yeah, Melbourne, um, Melbourne do what Melbourne do, but I thought they were, um, they're still quite unpolished in attack. They were doing, uh, like, <laughs> one of the things, this is the, um, going, speaking of going back to the 80s, I remember my dad used to, no, sorry, this is the early 90s. My dad used to, I used to ask my dad, why do the Tigers win? Um, this is the Balmain Tigers. And he'd say, well, they play really well up to about, till they get about 20 metres out, and then they just drop the ball. And that seemed to be what was happening a lot to Melbourne for this game. They were, they were, they were, their attack was, was doing its thing, going to the Melbourne machine was working, and they'd get within like 15, like about 15 out, and they just didn't really seem to know what they should be doing. And I, it's Melbourne. It'll sort itself out eventually. They got the win anyway. Um, but it's just, it's just something is not as, as slick as it, as it should be for Melbourne right now. I thought their um their centres might be a, like not a weak spot, you know, with due respect to Justin Olliman, Marion Sebe, but I thought Brinko Lee actually added a bit of attacking spark and he's sort of been criticised for his defence over his career, but I don't think he was really found out too much in defence either. So he could be a uh, prospect as the season goes on. Uh, Jerome Hughes, broken hand though, um, out for a couple of weeks. So the candidates are um, Riley Jacks has played for the club before, you know, bit of a, a journeyman, but um, has has the experience. Uh-huh. Canadian international. Yeah, exactly right. Um, young Cooper Johns is um, pushing for a debut. Or the other chat is that Cameron Smith might go back to the halves and Brandon Smith starts at hooker, which would be my third option, just given the season ahead of them and the the need for a backup plan if something goes wrong with your starting spine. Wow, Cam Smith back to the halves, eh? That's everything's old as new again. Um, I would, I reckon that'd be really interesting just for like, why not? Let's see how he goes. Um, he's, he's good at everything, so I'm sure, like, I mean, he's played in the halves before anyway. So I'm sure he'll be great at that. Um, speaking of Cam Smith, it would be remiss of us not, for me anyway, not to bring up his awesome defensive tackle um, on Gagai right at the end. That was, uh, that was supreme, like a, a captain's run, a captain's tackle, and a very Cameron Smith thing to do because he executed it perfectly. Um, mm. Just went right under him, held the ball close to his chest, and didn't let him get even near the line. Well done, Cameron. In the corner as well. I'm not sure Cameron Smith mm. spends much time out that wide. His uh, his coach wrapped him up about three different times in the presses. So Bellamy certainly was impressed with that tackle as well. Um, anything else we want to say about South? Said a few changes. Um, you know, Cam Murray back to the middle. I thought was probably a, a positive. Um, 
like Latrell, I thought Damien Cook was better. Um, this yeah, week. Cook's, Cook's runs at a, at a dummy half were, were much improved from last week. I mean, mm-hmm. Cook, Cook doesn't really have a bad game, but um, this week he was much better, much faster. Um, and I think South fans will be saying a bit more of that, please. They also get Cody Walker back uh, next week, which will help them immensely. Um, the previous game before that was the Panthers and the Warriors. Um, this is one of the tips that I got wrong, and I got it wrong by 26 points. So um, it's maybe a little bit oversold by the um, the Warriors' uh, discipline the previous week against the Dragons and maybe undersold Penrith after that uh, uninspiring second half against Newcastle. But they sort of got the... Um, the momentum early um, Warriors just some untimely errors and penalties in their own half and Penrith were able to camp on their, their line and run away with it. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I we always knew that the Warriors would deflate at some point uh, because, but I, I expect them to start the resume, resume season strong and emotion to get them probably another uh, like two to three wins right, right off the bat. And I thought this was going to be one of them. Uh, I didn't see this coming again. And maybe I just didn't give Panthers, Panthers enough credit for last week in hanging on to get the draw. Um, but I thought, like we did with Newcastle, they'll be burnt out. 90 minutes is going to you know, short turnaround. Warriors will be on a high, and then this is the new Warriors disciplined and completion rates, blah blah blah. Um, but you know, things sort of fell back to their natural rhythm after a while. So good on, uh, well, well done to the Panthers. I thought um, Burton was was amazing. I don't know, like he sort of yeah. just came out of the blocks. Like last week, he was very he was um, ever present. I guess last week, uh, but this week he was. Excellent. Like he just had such a good game. Opened up the scoring and then didn't really hold back from there. Yeah, I mean, last week the the headline was sort of his five missed field goals, but uh, most of them were pretty close. One of them was off the post. It, it was inches away from winning the game for them. And um, any NRL player who's kicked a few field goals will readily tell you how extraordinarily difficult it is um, with a defensive line rushing up at you to sort of snap the ball and, and get the field goal over. So uh, a rookie uh, narrowly missing a few, I think will be overly harsh to, to bag him too much for that. But yeah, I think what was it two tries showed some serious pace on, on one of them, some good match awareness. Um, probably pressing um, for a start alongside Cleary next week. Uh, we would have thought Luai would be the uh, the man to hold his spot, but Burton's probably uh, outpointed Luai in recent times. Um, well, like, Luai had a great game as well, though. Like that shouldn't it, like both the halves of Pan- for the Panthers were just really really good. Like Luai, I, I'm a big fan of Luai. I think he's got a really great yep. game. He's kind of like reminds me of a, a younger Sean Johnson. Like he's um, quite fast. Uh, and when he like, who doesn't love uh, a chip and chase try? Like an, an individual chip and chase try yeah. like that. Little like, grubber ahead like, for that's himself. That's the kind of play they like. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I kind of feel like Luai might almost be the better compliment for Nathan Cleary, whereas Burton is the more similar style and he's the Nathan Cleary replacement mm. for the games that Cleary's out. So um, interesting to see what happens there next week. Um, Stephen Crichton has been fantastic, I think, in the centres since displacing yeah. uh, Brent Naden in that role. Um, a few good players, I say. Yo's been a revelation as uh, starting lock forward as well. So, um, good things happening for the Panthers. Kurt Capel's been good. He missed the first two rounds before the break with uh, injury, but starting on that edge, um, he's been fantastic as well. Fisher Harris, absolutely immense. Yeah, um, Warriors just a bit disappointing. I uh, hopefully it's uh, an aberration after how good they were in round three, but um, they're certainly missing a lot of cattle. So um, hopefully they start to get a few players back. Um, maybe you know Petahiku and that sort of thing next week for the um, the Cowboys game. So yeah. um, see what they throw up. And I that think, takes... um, everyone everyone is a, is a fan of the Warriors. Without them, mm. we wouldn't have a, a competition. So um, we all wish the best. And yeah, along with you, hopefully it's just a one-off. 
Let's go on, Warriors. Let's go on. Um, Thursday night, uh, if you're a Brisbane fan, this is where you probably want to tune out because uh, 59 points to nil was, uh, yeah, it was ugly. Biggest loss in the club's history. Um, it's been a lot said in the days since um, former Brisbane players have come out um, bagging the coach and the, the current squad. The you know, sections of the media have been absolutely um, ruthless. Um, 59 points to nil, though, it's, uh, it's, it's a one-sided game. My word, Brisbane is burning and it is, it's not something I've ever experienced before. You thought I was going to say it was good. No, it's not good. <laughs> it's, it's, not something, it's not something I've ever experienced before. And it's, it's quite, um, it's just different to see Brisbane fans acting the way that, you know, teams that have had long stretches of, of battling acting that way. So acting like Dragons fans or like Tigers fans or Bulldogs fans. Um, you know, talking about how awful certain players are and how the administration has stuffed everything up and how this, the, code, the current coach is bad and all the, all the terrible choices that have been made in the last five years. The Broncos fans have never had to do that before. They've had, they've had off years, that's like certainly true, but they've never had a, a, a point in time that I can remember where it felt like they were just the team in serious, serious trouble and we are right in that point now. Um, so uh, no one likes to see a, a team... Um, you know, a, a team fall apart, but that's that seems what's going on at the moment. They just didn't have. I mean, the Roosters are the Roosters are easily the best team in the league. Um, you know, in my opinion, um, so anybody would have lost to them anyway. But the way they lost, like they, the, everyone just sort of seemed kind of I don't want to say complacent or bored, but they just didn't seem dedicated to it. Um, and you know, defense was pretty poor. And then when things really started getting out of hand, they just didn't didn't know how to respond to it. So. Um, it's really tough times uh, for Seabold and his crew right now. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Roosters, that 0-2 and two start to the season feels a very long time ago now. They've been absolutely red hot. Um, my highlight is the Morris Twins. I love the Morris yeah. Twins so much. They should never be allowed to retire. <laughs> <laughs> Brett Morris at fullback, just replacing James Tedesco. A lot of people joking that Tedesco might not get back in the team because they've won 59 years without him. <laughs> Brett Morris, what can he do? Josh Morris as well, their combination. I just the 33-year-old couple of outside backs, they're what third or fourth club, just absolutely doing their best. And oh, I love it. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I'm I'm gonna go on the record right now saying the Roosters are too good. I don't know how they have that team is just excellent. And the people that they bring into that team become excellent. The Morris twins are excellent anyway. But they're, you know, they're they're, they're getting on in years. Um, how can you have a team where you take out arguably the world's best player in James Tedesco and then go on and still smash uh, any, any team 59 nil? It's mm. just amazing how good they are. And, uh, you know, as a fan, um, it's been great to watch, but I'm totally jealous because I just don't get it. How do you get, how do you fair, get a team it? that good? No, it doesn't seem fair. It's like, so that, that 2-0 and start to the season, it's all Trent Robinson. He, before, beginning of the season, it was 25 rounds. Rested Boyd Corden. I knew that there was going to be a long time. Twenty-five rounds is a long time. Is a, is a long period of time. You, you can you can cop some losses. You don't need to win every game. And they've come back and they've said, "Oh, actually, it's twenty rounds." And it's gone right. Well, now we need to win. We need to you know start winning some games. Then all right, everybody play for real now. Mm. There they go. Yeah. yeah so they do. Um, Lindsay Collins off the bench. A Queenslander who I think was in the Brisbane system. Two hundred and seventy-two meters and a try. You got Chad Weir Hargreaves and C.O. Talkiaho in the starting team, and Lindsay Collins comes on the field and does that. Um, 
end of last year, people saying they should punt Jake Friend because of how good Sam Verrills was going. Friend still absolutely killing it, and Verrills getting a few minutes, uh, I think 20 minutes off the bench. It's so much depth. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, I mean, good for them. Obviously shows a strong head officer, strong coach, strong recruitment, and strong team culture. Um, it's all those things, it's all those intangibles that I guess that make it, that create success. Um, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just so jealous. <laughs> just so jealous. Wish I was a Roosters fan. <laughs> I have to Wasn't be famous that way, at this point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that's all eight games. Um, anything you're particularly looking forward to uh, in round five? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, all my focus is on Monday. Like I said earlier in the, on in the show, I'm so excited for the outcome of the, the Dragons-Bulldogs uh, game because severe consequences are wait for the loser. Well, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to Friday night's Top of the Table Clash, uh, Battle of Western Sydney with the Eels and the Panthers, the Battle of the New South Wales Halfbacks, as you dubbed it earlier. I think that should be... Um, a bell ringer and potentially match of the round. Anyway, that brings us to the end of our podcast. Our thanks again to the North Queensland Cowboys and Jake Clifford for joining us. Uh, my thanks to you also, Kenny Scott, and uh, to everyone who listened. We'll see you next week. Always a pleasure. See you next time.